Welcome to In the Eyes Of. Today we are joined by Edsel Boven. Edsel is an odontologist from Honduras who has this incredible project that brings oral health to remote communities in Honduras. Today we speak about the reach of his project and the current situation in Honduras after the recent natural disasters. Edsel, welcome to In the Eyes Of. Can you tell us a little bit of yourself, who you are and where you're from? Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Well, my name is Edsel Boden, I'm 26 years old, and I'm from San Pedro Sula, Honduras, in Central America. For all of the people who are listening and probably, or not probably, but some of them don't know where Honduras is, can you tell us a little bit more about your country, where it is located, the people, the community, and the culture in general? Of course. Uh, well, Honduras is a very small country located in uh, Central America. We are very close to Mexico, uh, south. We're just another Latin American country with rich culture, delicious food, and hardworking people. Like, um, we have a lot of mixed races here in Honduras, so it's, it's very common for us to be known as a very mixed community. So we have a lot of different cultures between, you know, the country inside every department that we have. So it's just a beautiful country with a lot of mountains and two oceans. We have one of the most beautiful uh, Caribbean islands called Roatan. So if you want to come and know more about our culture, you can visit Roatan or you can Google it. It's beautiful. <laughs> you won't regret it. Well, we've been talking that since the pandemic, it's been a little bit crazy for Latin American countries. And I think the whole world just like trying to carry on with the pandemic while trying to do your regular life, which of course has changed to the new normal, or so we call it in Latin America. So how have things been since the pandemic in Honduras? How has the government handled it and how are the people? Yes, well, it's actually been very, very hard. You know, we don't have the best healthcare system in the world. So since the beginning, we knew that we had to take needed precautions because it was going to be hard. But unfortunately, due to the actual government that we have that uh, has been involved in many, many corruption scandals, since the beginning in March that we had the first case and the country was closed, the first mistake was that they didn't close airports when they should have, such as, for example, the best example near us is El Salvador. They closed airports and everything, and they were very strict, so their impact was minimum compared to us. So it just has been really hard because 70% of our population works in, in this case, in informal businesses, right? They don't have a base salary or a place where they work for a monthly payment. They just go out and sell things or they just have their small businesses. So it's been really hard for those people because we had like six months without opening anything. And now that we were hit by uh, two hurricanes, well, it just has been very, very hard because a lot of people now are homeless and they don't have jobs. And for the people who are tuning in, in Latin America, this hurricane season has been just really disastrous and far more than what anyone expected. I think Mexico alone has been hit with like four different hurricanes or tropical storms during the past four or five months. And Honduras is not very far behind. You've been hit with two very disastrous hurricanes too. And Eto, can you tell us more a little bit about the hurricanes? Because I think explaining, you know, the current situation will help better explain, you know, like your profession and your projects and why they are so much needed. Correct. 
Well, uh, we are a very, very, very poor country. Unfortunately, we have one of the highest punctuations in being one of the most or the poorest country in Latin America, just behind Haiti, if I'm not mistaken. So our rates are very high in poverty. So we had the, um, in this case, the bad luck that we were hit by two hurricanes in less than a month. And we had uh, this uh, destruction that was just unimaginable, you know, all around uh, one of the most important cities in the country. It's actually the first and the most important city in the country so our economy has been really really hit hard by these disasters because now we have an increase in COVID-19 cases and increase in poverty as well because there are a lot of people living on the streets right now without any help only the help of other Hondurans that are willing to help them with with food and clothes so it has been really really hard you know it's unimaginable that you go to these communities and you see that people lost absolutely everything like they just came out of their houses with what they had on and that's it so it's thousands and thousands of people that lost everything and it's just really sad knowing that these communities are not being aided by anyone you know there's no one helping them no one reaching them out so my ideas are to help these communities out with uh, what i what i have and trying to make other countries or other people aware of what's happening here so that we can have more help. The thing is that we are not a very known country, you know, so we're not always on the news except for bad things. <laughs> and now that uh, these things happen, it's I think it's very important to show the rest of the world what's going on here, the needs that we have so that we can have also uh, some type of, of aid, you know, because it's really it's really sad seeing that our people is dying and are homeless and no one really cares if we would say like that no one cares and no one knows it so just being able to have a voice in different platforms and uh, explaining to others what's going on here it's uh, very important to me no and i believe it's important for everyone because it is usually the case where we see things happening in other countries of the world usually the global north and how this becomes world's news but then exactly. other things are happening too in the global south and no one really pays attention because no one really cares for our culture or our people as a whole and as you said usually what latin american countries are shown in the news or in the medias are recreations or movies where bad stereotypes are usually reflected when that doesn't accurately reflect the culture itself. Exactly, because, you know, it's it's really sad because this situation with COVID and with corruption in our country has made the news because of the the migration that we have we had, you know, because as you can recall, last year and this year we had the famous uh, caravans of thousands of Hondurans that left the country and they went into Mexico and created a, a chaos, and you know, it made the news. So this is actually why Hondurans are leaving the country because the country is going through a hard situation and it's not because uh, people just decide to leave, you know, because myself, I would love to keep living in my country, you know, and helping others develop their projects also, kids going to school, having a, a good job, you know, in our country, not having to leave and going to another place where you're not going to be treated as well as you can be treated here. But the situation pushes people to just run away from what's going on. Because right now, there was another uh, caravan leaving our terminal 
just like a week ago and because people are homeless people are hungry they don't have jobs so they're just trying to desperately get to a Survive. place exactly and i do understand for example i remember mexicans complaining about what happened when uh, when Hondurans went to their country and they were just ungrateful and you know they were leaving trash and stuff i do understand that you know and it's really sad that they have this uh, image of us being all that way it's not that way it's just that people do not have access to education and that's why we need help and you know i think it's very interesting that you're mentioning the caravan and everything because this clearly shows how the medias like the global medias rarely try to understand what is going on because i remember the news even mentioning like it's a caravan of mexican immigrants going to the us but then when people really looked it's like oh but we're not all mexicans like yes of course some of them are but many are like from central america if not most so how is it that these big things social human rights you know things in both happen but then the international media doesn't even pay enough attention to accurately represent it. Exactly. It's because, as you said at the beginning, it's like we are not that well known, you know, that they just uh, say, okay, a group of Mexicans are going to the States illegally. And it's, it, it always makes me mad as well because I have so much respect for Mexican culture because I've had a lot of Mexican friends. I've known a lot of Mexicans and I know how hardworking and good people uh, Mexicans are. So it's, it's, really, it's really sad when they just throw us all in the same pot, you know, like, okay, if, if you're Honduran, I will call you Mexican. If you're Colombian, I will call you Mexican. Or if you, you know, it's, it's really sad because it's just stereotypes that we see on TV and that we have also created that, uh, those stereotypes for us. So it's, it's fighting against that. And the media just doesn't care. They just say a lot of Mexicans are going back into the States illegally. And it's really sad because it's not that way. It's a lot of Hondurans running away from a, a place where it's just impossible to survive. That's that's what uh, should be told, but no one cares to make the research and get to know what's going on. And it's a, not in, to not go too much into migration topics, but rather to focus on your projects and the incredible, amazing things you're doing. Can you tell us more a little bit of your profession to start with? Of course. Actually, I'm a dentist. I recently finished um, university with uh, my dentistry degree. It's actually been really tough graduating from dentistry school, you know, because it's it's a little bit expensive. But you know, fighting through all against the odds, I just I made it, and it's just a career here in our country that is not that well known by people because it's considered a luxury to go to the dentist. But I always aim to be being a part of a community where I can, you know, develop my ideas and my career by helping others. And the last year of my career where I when I went to my social service, I was allowed to work in a community with a lot of needs with kids and with uh, pregnant teenagers. So that's why I decided to start a project to educate them on oral health. And that's a uh, that was the idea. Thankfully, it has been very a very good opportunity to work. On that, and I got to act, to enter a program that mentors me on how to develop this uh, community leadership, and I will be able to create it. I say first it was just an idea, but now it's a it's a real project that I will be able to develop on helping others to know more about oral health and also to give them access to this oral health system that they do not have right now. 
And okay, to start with, so how did you get interested in odontology and dentistry to start with? Because for all of those people who are listening, this is a profession where in Latin America, it is not very well seen, respected or recognized. Because as Etzel said, it's like, it's a luxury thing. Exactly. So most of the population in Latin America are not able to afford this care. So they don't really know what it is about. And even... I would say educated people still don't see it as a really good profession. So can you tell us, like, how did you get interested and so invested? Correct. It's, um, you know, it's, as I said, it's like going against all odds because people tell you, okay, you're going to become a dentist, but dentistry here is not that good because people just do not like to go to the dentist or it's too expensive. But actually, I went to a dental fair when I was... um, younger back in high school with my mom and my sister and I decided to study dentistry because I loved the results of going to the dentist you know being able to help people to rebuild their smiles and also I knew that it was going to be a great opportunity for me to serve the communities that were in need because we have a lot of need here so you get to go to these remote communities where you can help people and educate them on oral health and not only oral health as being a healthcare part of the healthcare community as well you are able to help people not only with oral health you know you can uh, help them with other needs that they have because we are on the same field so it's always uh, important to educate them on on everything as as i said i have two um two things i have a vision on what to do with my project there's having an enduring community of individuals with access to oral health awareness and to improved facilities. And my mission is to create a platform to raise awareness of oral health and to provide integral oral health healthcare, you know, just as a whole, not only teeth, you know, because people think dentistry is only teeth, but no, it's, you know, a human being as a whole, because I, I would not see my patients as, okay, just a set of teeth. No, I see you as a human being, and how can I treat you? You know, every human being is different, so how can I treat you as a, as a human being, and what are your rights, and how can I, how can I help you feel better? That, that's one of my main goals. And why is oral health awareness really needed in Latin America, and you know, the Caribbean as a whole? Like, why is this mission or this calling to not only take action and you know like do the technical part of the job which is like fixing other people but why is it important to raise awareness especially in these communities it's actually very important because one of the main problems here in latin america and specifically in my country is that people just let things pass without knowing the consequences of not having good oral health. We have a lot of diseases here that come from having a bad oral health, you know, have been not being aware of how to take care of yourself in that. So it's it's very important to educate our children on how to take care of themselves, their health, and how they can improve their lifestyle by just having a good oral health you know because as i was thinking the other day of a lot of patients that i had their parents just went to the clinic and tried to pull all their teeth out you know and replace them with uh, prosthetics how your life changes like a lot when you are doing something as basic as eating you know that's our one of our main needs as a human to eat and to have a good nutrition 
and by not having your normal teeth or your teeth in a, in a good health state is that you're going to have other troubles like for example i don't know if you if in mexico happens but here in honduras we have a lot of problems of of our kids having digestive disorders that is one of the main reasons why when they grow up they still have these problems because they are not having a good oral health and this is one of the main reasons why having a good oral health is so important because you know it's not just teeth as i was telling you before i know that it might sound uh like i'm repeating this too much but it's not just only teeth it's a whole system that works together for example you you eat you have to chew properly then it goes to your stomach and you digest your food properly so it's just a chain you know everything in our body is there for a reason so people needs to be aware of why it's important what happens when you don't have it what could be the consequences and how to maintain your oral health no and it's actually very interesting because i didn't know until recently that oral health is very related to digestive problems and it's something digestive problems is something really common that you see I mean, I work with indigenous communities, so I see it a lot in these indigenous communities I go to, that these people often need medicines for, you know, for this type of problems. However, I was talking with some of my friends who we all have like a college degree education and we were talking about it, like how is it that we as people, as people who had access to these things that most part of the population are not, how are we just finding out the importance of oral health And why is this not something, basic knowledge, you know, just for everyone to know? Exactly. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting, you know, that when you go to university and you ask your fellow university colleagues about oral health, they don't know a thing about it, you know? And it's okay because that's, how, that's our culture and that's what needs to be changed, you know? I think that, for example, We talk about, in social media, we talk a lot about sex education, you know, in schools, that we need to have sex education in schools because our teenagers need to be aware of what, what's the process of becoming an adult and having, you know, that's, that's another topic, but that is very important. We always talk about it. So I always say sex education is important, but oral health is also important because oral health can give you the start to a good relation with other people. You know, by having a good, uh, pretty smile and having a good oral health, you just develop yourself better in a society. And people just needs to be aware of that. Because, for example, you go to one of these remote communities and ask them about oral health. The only thing they know is that they have to brush. But they don't know that they have to use uh, flaws or that there's, you know, other, other things that they can do to keep their oral health. And as you say, if it's hard for us that we have had access to education, imagine what happens with those, those communities. So it's very important to make people aware of that. Even in Mexico, it's common to hear like, oh, every single time I brush my teeth, like I, my gums, like, you know, they bleed, but it's normal. You know, it happens every single time I brush my teeth. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be normal. You know, like these are the things you need to pay attention to and go ask help whenever needed. Exactly, you know, because there's a lot of people, oh no, yeah, my gums are bleeding, but it happens every time that I brush, so I just brush my teeth, I wash my mouth, and that's it. But that's not normal, of course it's not normal that your mouth is bleeding, you know? And these, starting with uh, gingivitis, that's the first uh, stage of bleeding in your gums, then you can develop 
other diseases that are in this case are more serious you know and for example there's a lot of people that have problems that they break or that they just have are losing tiny pieces of teeth because they are damaged and they are cutting themselves their tongues they are just and these type of traumas can lead to cancer as serious of ca as cancer can lead uh, can be led to by just having a small cut in your tongue so it's very important to tell people okay if you are bleeding if you're having uh, any type of trouble in your mouth that is not normal you can visit a dentist and you can treat it on time and you'll be okay but unfortunately there's a high rate of oral oral cancer and it's one of the most aggressive ones and in this case the odds of surviving oral cancer are very very low so important to make people understand the consequences of not taking care of your own oral health. And you know, this incredible project that you've been working on so hard lately, it all started, to my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with, well, it, it started with your passion, of course, and your interest, but you are receiving this collaboration between this NGO from New York. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, how this process started and how the implementation of it is going to take place? It started, a year ago in December 2019, when I heard about this organization called MCW, I just decided to apply to the program and I decided what my project would be, that it was going to be aimed to um, educating children and pregnant teenagers on how to take care of their oral health. And I had the physical space to work with them. So once I got in the, into the program, I just, I was, in this case, I received a lot of, uh, of TED Talks on how to develop myself as a community leader and how to develop my project, doing it not just in, a, in an informal way, but how to write down my ideas, what, what, to, what to do first, what to do next, and you know how to organize my ideas into a specific plan, how to plan it. So it's just been a roller coaster due to COVID-19, but now that I had the main idea already developed I will be able to start in February uh, with the educate uh, the education program in the community and I will be able to add more things to it as you know I, I would say it would take like three to four months to start the first stage and then I will just be able to expand it to other communities so it's really it's really been um, it has been a really great opportunity to learn more about how to create a plan to develop my project and my ideas and receiving ment uh, mentoring from people that have already developed their own projects in their communities and how to um, to create, you know, these this spaces. Of course. And it's also very exciting because, as you said, it's going to people that essentially and desperately really need this information and could, in return, cause like a really big impact, positive one inside Honduras, inside your community. So one of the recurring questions we have on the podcast is what are some of the upcoming challenges, either professional or personal one that you will have to overcome in the next few months besides the establishment of your project and, you know, like COVID-19, which I think is something we're all thinking about. Correct. Uh, actually, I think one of the main obstacles in the near future would be that since we're still on, in the pandemic and we're having another peak of cases, working in dentistry it's a risk it's like a very getting yourself infected so it's just uh protecting myself and uh protecting the people that i work with 
and how to really really careful on not getting uh, the virus and also not spreading it you know because if I am uh, if I get infected I would not want my patients or the people that I help to be infected as well and with the project it would be basically that these communities that I was that I am going to work with have been really uh, affected by the hurricanes and the pandemic as well so it's going to be really hard to f to get them to understand the importance of oral health during these times where other major issues that they consider are going on as well and i mean hopefully and i really mean this hopefully the hurricane season is already over i mean technically it was supposed to finish in october but it went a little bit longer this year and the pandemic hopefully it won't be so the second wave won't be as bad as the first one of course well managed hopefully our governments in latin america can do better about this with the rightful pressure. Well, Edsel, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation to tell everyone about, you know, our communities in America, the current situation and why oral health matters. And as well, all these incredible things you're doing with your project and all the people you're really going to help. Like, I'm pretty sure we need more people like you inside our communities. Of course, I, I do really appreciate it. And I'm very thankful that sometimes we feel here that we don't have a voice or we don't have a platform to express our thoughts or our opinions and having people like you giving us these platforms and these opportunities means a lot like i'm very very thankful for that well thank you so much Edsel, and good luck with all of your projects